Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. All right, Magic Makers, another iTunes review of the week. This one is from Emmy Roberts 24. She says, Kim is the queen. She is fierce, funny, and smart as a whip. Kim embodies what it means to be a life coach by offering so much more than diet and workout tips. Whether you're a gym junkie or just beginning your journey, she helps you see that living an all-around better lifestyle is not only attainable, but something you can strive for. Regardless of your age, Kim is tough love friend. You need to kick your butt into gear. She said something recently that resonated with me. No is a complete sentence. You don't have to expand, explain your boundaries to justify them to anyone. Let's that, let that sink in. Five stars always. Thank you, Miss Emmy Roberts. Yes, that was a game changer for me. You know, when I first started in this fitness journey, I was double dipping. I had a corporate job as well as fitness. And it was really hard for me to say no to clients. It was really hard for me to say no to my boss because I needed the cash but I was getting burnt the F out. And so I finally had to come up with my boundaries and finally have to say to myself, like, I, you know what, it doesn't work for me to work out in the morning. Like if that, it, I just can't do it. And now I don't really hop on the phone with a client until at least 10 o'clock in the morning. I need that warm up time for me. So I really want you to start thinking and exploring your boundaries. I've done several podcasts about boundaries and please listen to them. If you're someone who's like, I need some boundaries in my life. Thank you again, Miss Emmy Roberts. If, if there's anyone out there who would love love to share a iTunes review and you're like, I don't know how to do that. Reach out to me in the bottom of this podcast. You will find out how you can reach out to me for social media and just shoot me a DM. I will answer them. All right, ladies, enjoy the episode. All right, Magic Makers. Today, I want to talk about menopause. You know, we've been on a bit of a roll talking about menopause. So I want to keep that role going when it comes to menopause. So the, the first thing I, I, I want to say is that it's possible to thrive in menopause. You know, for most of us, we haven't been told, you know, maybe your mom pulled you aside and told you how hard menopause went or a older friend, whatever. But for the most people, most of us were told you get hot flashes and then that's pretty much it. But oh gosh, you know, the more I have uh, dove into this menopause um, rabbit hole, the more I have unpacked and I un uncovered. And, you know, I want to break it into three categories. And if we break it into three categories, it's really possible to thrive in menopause, provided we know what that we're looking at. And I know when I first started to go through menopause, half the shit that was happening to me, I was like, something this is something else like this can't be menopause it's more than a freaking hot flash and my hot flashes were so intense that i could be sitting here right now re recording this podcast not doing anything and i could break out into a sweat that looks like i just got out of a 45 minute sweat class or spin class so 
if I take menopause and I break it into three categories, right? The three big categories that I, I, I'd like to break menopause into is that we talk about our hormones, we talk about our health, and then we talk about our habits. And those are the big the big dials. And, you know, if you follow me for any amount of time, I'm all about like, what are the big things that I can do to move the needle, right? You know, so many um, of you will ask about the little small, little minuscule things like the difference between having kale versus spinach. You know what? In the grand scheme of life, it is a small potato compared to all the other things. So, you know, or we'll be like, oh, it's my hormones, my hormones. And honestly, I don't really think many people know what they're talking about when it comes to hormones. And so let's just kick it off. And I'm just going to go at a really high level. You know, I have a whole course that goes really deep into hormones if you want to go down that route. And I'll be talking about that a little bit later. Hey, ladies, can we talk about menopause for a second? Because seriously, why didn't anyone clue us in onto this crazy roller coaster ride? I know that when it hit me, it felt like what the hell is going on. But fear not my fellow magic makers because I got your back. Does this sound like you? Hot flashes that make you feel like you are on the sun. Mood swings that make a roller coaster ride seem like a walk in the park and your libido, goodbye. Yep, it's time to embrace this menopause journey. That is why I have whipped up this fabulous free checklist to help you navigate the hormonal mayhem. No more guessing games or feeling like something is going haywire. It's time to take charge and show menopause who's in control. So if you're wondering, is it menopause? I got you. Grab your free checklist right now and say, bring it on menopause because it's time to conquer this journey with confidence and style. Do not wait. Get your hands on this free checklist today. Okay, shut up already, send you the sheet. Do me a favor, grab the link in my bio. So the three big hormones that are impacted during uh, menopause is our estrogen, our testosterone, our progesterone. I can also talk about cortisol and insulin, right? But those are, I wanna say, those aren't the, the cortisol and progesterone are, sorry, cortisol and insulin aren't the two big things you hear about in menopause, the big three, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And I want us, let's break it down. So estrogen is what is, what gets the signal first to start the reproductive cycle. And, you know, in spite of all the things women have accomplished over the last umpteen years, estrogen thinks our primary job is to reproduce. That's it. Estrogen thinks like I'm supposed to help us start having a baby. I'm supposed to tap progesterone on the, the, the shoulder to say, hey, girl, it's your turn to start preparing the womb for us to for the ovaries to release the egg. Right? That's primarily what estrogen thinks his job is. And so estrogen is like, because I start, it's like in the relay race, estrogen's like, I start the relay. And if I, if I don't start the relay, then progesterone is not going to be able to, to do its job. So as as you are marching towards uh, full-blown menopause, our bodies don't always get an, the signal for estrogen to, to come out. And so if the pituitary is not like, hey girl, bring out that estrogen, your body will be like, oh, we're supposed to have a baby soon. It's been almost 20 something days. We should have a baby here. So instead estrogen will start to create its estrogen will start to store itself because it's like, you know, I'm not regularly getting that signal and I just want to make sure I'm ready to go. So think about like, 
Do you have that family member who like always buys like two or three of something so they have things just in case? That's what estrogen starts to do. And so if you start to see that accumulation of that like belly fat, accumulation on our hips and our thighs and our butts, that's estrogen, you know, storing storing energy away for a rainy day so that it could tap into our fat stores and pull out estrogen. Estrogen is also responsible for hot flashes. If I have high estrogen levels, I'm probably going to have a lot more hot flashes. Um, the weight gain, you know, sleeping is going to be a challenge, hair loss. So those are the things that, you know, you when we say hormones, those are some of the things to be on the lookout for when it comes to estrogen. Now, when it comes to progesterone, progesterone is more, think about like PRO, protective, right? It's more about protecting our womb. That's what is, you know, tells the uterus, okay, it's time to create this little, you know, nest in our uterus for the egg to start to, you know, uh, live and thrive. And so with progesterone, you know, it's really when that, that's our, also our resilience hormone. And so as we move into menopause, as progesterone starts to just not show up on the regular, um, we get brain fog, you know, we get migraines, we get low blood sugar, you know, it's really easy for progesterone for us to, you know, be moody, you know, and it's that progesterone's job to really help us as ladies just live, right? It's, it's our, our feel good, hor- it's our feel good um, hormone, it helps us better uh, manage and handle stress and anxiety. So that's, that's why one of the main things as you are heading into your perimenopause, menopause, learning to deal with stress. Because, you know, in spite of everything else that I could share with you, if you're not physically managing your stress, and I know like right now, if someone's like, oh girl, if I can manage my stress, I would. But here's the thing. This is what I know. I, I am a recovering stress ball and it takes a lot for me to get stressed out. And yeah, I have periods of stress. But there's periods of stress and there's that time that you are just like literally pressing on the doorbell of stress. And so here's where you are going to look for things that bring you joy. What is it that bring you joy? Is it playing with your children? Is it playing with an animal? Hell, go to a dog park and find plenty of animals. Maybe start being a dog walker, whatever, but find something that brings you joy. Sitting and, and coloring an adult coloring book laying and uh, reading a book, you know, one of the things that came for me out of COVID is reading for pleasure. I stopped reading for pleasure and now I look forward to it. And now that is just like one of the, the things that just like, I look forward to every single day. So I challenge you just to find something that brings you joy. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It doesn't have to be a massage. It's just like, this is like you time. This is like Kim time and protect that like a mama bear, right? I really protect my nighttime ritual. And, you know, my husband always makes fun of me and he's like, when are you going to start your wine down? And I'm like, it's just what I look forward to. It's my little like Kim time. It's my like, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of just I don't give a crap about anybody else during that 30 to 40 minutes. And it could be 10 minutes. It could be 15 minutes. You know, I share with you, you know, I have a friend who locks herself in a pantry and she puts a timer outside. So, and her, and her kids know, like, don't come knocking on this door until this timer goes off. And that's her 15 minutes. And she just like, you like, it saves me from going to jail. Like I need that time. Um, the other thing that you'll see during, you know, this perimenopausal time when it comes to that hormones getting a little crazy, heavier flows or, or, or trickles, you know, bloating, constipation, tender boobs, like, you know, and maybe you've experienced all this all along. And I know for me, like my periods were a hot mess for a really long time. And 
now, you know, hindsight being 2020, I should have anticipated that menopause was going to be challenging for me because my hormones are already crazy before nature got into, you know, before the, my age added into the hormonal nightmare that I was already experiencing. Um, the other thing with this is it impacts our brain health. You know, um, estrogen is um, also works up in our brain. Things that I learned during, um, I did a whole podcast on uh, Alzheimer's and uh, Barbie. We went through a lot, great detail. So if you are interested in learning more about that, I will do. I will uh, write myself a note to link that in the show notes. So that's hormones, right? And again, I, I wanted to just give you a preview of that because so many of you are like, ah, oh, hormones. And, you know, most people don't know what, what they're talking about when they say hormones. It's just this like blanket statement. Now, I also mentioned insulin and cortisol, and I didn't, uh, didn't go into de detail, but I'm just going to circle back on that. So one of the things that, you know, the, the big three, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, is that they start to play a role in navigating our other hormones. And so one of the things that women, as we start to get into that perimenopausal age, we start to become less resistant um, to insulin signal. And so this will, I'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. So that means we have to be a little bit more judicious with our foods, right? Those, and you might have already noticed this, that those big events, those big weekends, those big vacation things can't really happen too much without you having to um, work a little bit harder, or maybe you're like, I keep working hard and my body is still not, you know, listening to that, that signal. Same thing with cortisol, right? And, you know, as I, as I mentioned, you know, we are in a with progesterone, you know, going in and out, uh, not as resilient to that stress. So what that means is that you here have to like find something that is going to bring you joy. Um, one of the things that really helped me, um, uh, better navigate my stress was I had to learn to let shit go. I had to really work hard to not feel like I needed to control everything. I am a recovering perfectionist. I am a recovering control freak. We got meetings on Tuesdays, right? You know, for the, you know, and I know that a lot of the women who follow me, perfectionists, you know, like we want to get everything just right. Guess what? I don't know. I've been on this planet a long time and say do get things just right most of the time but there's a lot of shit that I don't and I've just had to let it go and just ask myself the hard question like you know is anyone gonna die if I don't get this perfect I, you know dieting doesn't have to be my life my life doesn't have to revolve around what I put in my mouth and what I how I exercise. I could be, I need to be mindful about that, but it doesn't have to revolve around my life. So as we talk about those two things, so insulin and cortisol, so really focusing in on food choices and also stress. So that's, you know, that's hormones, which leads us into our health. And so this is both nutrition as well as workouts, right? This is our overall health because I want you to be, you know, moving and grooving well into your eighties, you know, um, I recently read that the average age that uh, average age that most women live to are into their late 80s. So 
if you think about, right, if you're 40, you still have half of your life to go. So you have another 40 years to go. Do you want to spend the rest, the next 40 plus years thinking about what you put in your mouth? Do you want to think about, oh, got to go to the gym or, oh, I didn't go to the gym or like all that like mental energy on that kind of thing? Or would you rather spend your mental energy on doing things that bring you joy? So my goal is to help people live in a joyful way that the first thought in their mind is like, oh, am I going to blow it today? The first thought is like, oh, well, fuck it. You know, I'll start again on Monday. Like that thinking I want us to take and just throw it out of the window. So I did a podcast uh, in the recent weeks all about workouts and I went really deep into detail and why the benefits of strength training, um, working, doing strength training at least two to three days a week. Um, and I went into great detail. I also want to add, we need about 150 minutes overall of fitness. And that 150 minutes can be broken into segments. It could be, you know, um, 15 minutes here, you know, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night. It could be 20 minutes. It could be that full hour, whatever is going to work best um, for you. And so when it comes to nutrition, our diets have to change. Our old ways are not going to open new doors. It, it, it's just it's just how it is. And I, I, I hear it all the time. Kim, I just want to go back to a diet I did and I had success with. Great. However, what made you stop? That's the question I want you to ask. Whatever diet you want to go back to, what made you stop? And that's what's always going to be your tipping point. So from there, I'd have to say, okay, whatever it is that made you stop, then I'm going to ask you, has that thing that made you stop, has that changed in your life, right? So maybe I know for many people, you know, I I come from the bodybuilding fitness world. That's where I come from. And back in the day, bro science, you had to eat five, five meals. That was it. If you didn't have five meals, good Lord, you were going to die. And it had to be eaten every two to three hours. And that's what I lived by for about 15 years. Now, over the course of going doing a deeper dive into menopause, one of the things that I have found out is that I was just eating too much too frequently for my body. I was never allowing myself to get hungry. I was wait, I was the clock, it was like I was like a Pavlov's dog, right? The clock would say 10:30, ping, I would eat. The clock would say two o'clock, ping, I would eat, right? It was just like as soon as Pavlov's dog, like and I wasn't hungry. I just, I trained myself to be hungry. And that was one of the biggest eye openers for me when I started um, really diving into menopause was like, instead of thinking I needed to eat five meals a day, starting to really understand, was I freaking hungry? And that was a game changer for me. That was like the first time I saw like body composition change in menopause. The second thing when it came to nutrition was that I, I found that I needed to dramatically increase my fiber. And that fiber meant eating a, way more vegetables than I was. You know, I was eating like two to three cups of vegetables a day, but I had to, and that was really just in like my, my salad and my dinner. And just by adding in like a half a cup of vegetables to my shake in the morning, what made a, made a big difference in how long that shake lasted. And for many of you, you're like, oh, I only put spinach in my shake. Oh, for the love of God, there's so many other vegetables you can put in your shake other than 
spinach. Um, I love cauliflower in my shake. It, I think it gives a little bit more of a texture. Cauliflower tastes like nothing. You know, uh, you could buy frozen rice cauliflower. You can buy, um, you know, the the grocery store that I go to here in Boston, they sell rice and sliced and diced everything. So I'm grateful for that because guess what? I will pay for that convenience. I don't need to be the chopper. You could also buy, you know, if I can't find frozen riced cauliflower, I buy the whole, um, buy the whole floret and I throw it into uh, my shake. But I also, um, you can put in yellow squash into uh, your shake, carrots into your shake. Like the, just think outside the box. And these little things are what would just help me to add in a little bit more fiber to my protein, right? my nutrition and also being more mindful about protein. You know, I grew up in the, the bodybuilding world and protein is king, right? In bodybuilding, protein is all the rage. But in menopause, protein is king as well because you're doing your best to hold on to as much muscle as you can. And in the podcast I did all about um, uh, strength training, one of the biggest things that most people will notice as you age, you know, you will start to see things get a little flabby. And this is you saying, oh, my muscle is turning to fat. No, your muscle isn't turning to fat. Your muscle is turning to loose muscle. And what you're seeing is you are losing muscle tone and you will lose three to 5% of your muscle tone every 10 years. So, and when you hit age 60, that is going to accelerate. So, I'm going to get back on my soapbox. Here is where you really need to strength train, really get focused in on strength training. Uh, so go back and listen to that podcast. If you haven't listened to that podcast, or if you have any specific questions, you know, you can reach out to me um, on the socials. You could also just shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you. So if I go back to eating, the cha- the food choices have to, you know, you have to really look at your nutrition. And I know so many people are like, oh my God, that I can't. I'm not going to say you have to track food for the rest of your life. But I look at this, like, I look at it like this. What the hell's going on? It's like um, your bank account. Do you just go out spending money willy nilly? Or do you look in your bank balance and you say, okay, I have $1,000. This is what I can do with $1,000. Most people, excuse me, I just willy nilly spending. You're like being very judicious. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. You're being very judicious. Like I'm spending money on this. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I have to save for that. You're being very judicious with your money. This is the same thing with food. I need to understand what am I doing right now so I can make an assessment before I start to say, oh my God, I'm eating horribly or oh my God, I'm not eating horribly. And especially in menopause, because we just don't have that bounce back that we did when I was 35, you know, for, for me, it, it, there, the wiggle room, I always tell people the wiggle room, you know, 80%, depending on like, if you are someone who is gaining weight in menopause, your wiggle room is probably like 10%, you know, 10% of your, of your weekly budget. It's fun. You know, the, the nightly Chardonnay, ah, sorry. You know, it's, it's like, I have to ask myself, what do I want? You know, that's the biggest question when it comes to this time in life. What do I want? And if I, and I and I have to give and take. So if I want to lose this menopausal weight, ask myself, what am I willing to give up? Right? So I take this assessment and I'm like, okay, what does my week look like? And then I, I circle, what am I willing to give up? 
And it's not in a deprivation way. It's in a like, if I'm having a glass of wine every night, am I willing to take out the glass of wine Monday through Friday and have a really nice glass on Saturday night with my sweetie or with my with a good book, right? Am I willing to do that? Ask yourself those questions. Or are you having a treat every single day? And is that treat huge or is that treat small? You know, what does that size look like? What are the size of your meals look like? Because maybe some of you um, are dramatically undereating or dramatically overeating. I see both sides of that coin. I see women who are eating less than a thousand calories and they're surviving on, they'll have a shake in the morning. They'll have a yogurt with some fruit for lunch. And then they'll have a, um, a, you know, a protein and a vegetable for dinner and, and, you know, they wonder why they're hungry all the time or wonder, you know, why they're not, you know, sleeping or those kind of things. Or I see people who, you know, have like those kind of meals, but maybe Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, they're having dinner out or they're foodies or their husband brings home a pizza or spouse or someone brings home a pizza. Those are the kind of things I see. So uh, here's where we kind of start to like ask ourselves, like, where do I fall? What's going on with me? So then we could take a true assessment of what's happening. Because if I am not assessing where I am, how do I move forward? Like, how do I move forward versus blindly fi- finding another plan out there or seeing, oh, I was reading in, on Facebook, Sarah's doing the ABC diet and sh- damn, she looked good. I'm going to do that too. You know, because you all know the one of the things I've always challenging everyone is realistic, right? What season of life are you in and what you're looking to do? Is it realistic for you right now? Are you excited about it? Can you make for a plan for it into your life? And ultimately, is it sustainable? Because at the end of the day, sustainability is the name of the game. Because if it's not sustainable, you ain't doing it. Um, And as we, I'm going to finish out this on our health, you know, meals, like what do meals look like for you? Meals are like protein shakes are awesome. Um, you know, and I'm like thinking like plain whey protein shakes, um, you know, read the ingredients. You, you're not looking for artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, um, those kind of things that you just want a basic protein shake and you can add a little fruit into it. That raised cauliflower that I talked about earlier, we can add that into it. Um, salads, right? You know, salad is amazing. Um, I eat a salad every single day. Um, and then think stir fry, you know, stir fry. I have a friend who calls it hot salad, right? Throw a shit ton of vegetables in there, throw in some protein and you're done. And, you know, nowadays at the grocery store, there's bagged of everything, you know, bags of pre-cut, pre-sliced, pre-chopped, pre-sliced, shredded, pre-pre-pre that, you know, you don't really have to do much to it. And don't be afraid of starches. You know, so many people will go like so low carb and their carbs would be more of the the breads, the pastas, or, you know, so, all right, I'm, I'm going to, th- I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to throw it out there. I hate when you tell me you have chickpea pasta. Like I just hate it thinking it's better. Let's stop chasing better and start chasing food. Right. I would rather you eat because you want to eat versus is this better for me? I hate that word. I hate when someone says, is this better for me? I'm going to ask, do you like it? Do you like chickpea pasta? If you like chickpea pasta, rock on with your bad self. Are you eating chickpea pasta every fucking night? 
if you are, then yeah, sure, have chickpea pasta. But if it's every once in a while you're eating chickpea pasta, why not have the real stuff, okay? So off my soapbox. I would like that question, is this better? Was this best? Like we have gotten, we got to break away from the good food, bad food list. It's occasional foods, daily foods, and from time to time foods, right? So it's like good, you know, like I, I would rather us stay away from the, the vilifying the food because when you throw in carbs, you know, pasta, breads, those are the things that I was like, oh no, I can't have that. Oh, but I'm like, you're not having like beets or you're not having pumpkin or you're not having uh, butternut squash or acorn squash. Like those are the things that one, they have fiber, but also it's just a different flavor profile. It just also helps like cut down the cravings, also helps us build muscle, like feed us, fuel our, our bodies, right? So it doesn't, you know, dieting doesn't work in menopause because if the lower I bring my calories up down and I up my calories, it's just going to, again, stand my metabolism like further down the road. It's just our metabolism is going to see that decreasing food. It's going to see that increase in exercise. And it's just going to be like, oh, girl, you have tortured me for decades and I am going to hide under the bed because I want nothing to do with this. So when we start to think about, it's not about dieting. It's like, how do we manage our metabolism? How do we stop from getting the insulin, the cortisol to be getting so crazy that I'm craving like a crazy person and that I'm starting to feel well-fed. I'm starting to feel satisfied. I'm starting to feel satiated when I eat the uh, eat eat in a certain way, because that's how I'm going to lose the weight for good. And that's one of the biggest uh, things that I um, work with my clients on is like, how do I eat in a satisfied and satiated way so that I don't feel like I'm always dieting or always looking for a dieting because, you know, we're having the tsunami of hormones come at us. And it's, if I don't look at my lifestyle factor, I don't care if you find a way to better manage your hormones and you get on HRT or some other supplementation there, I want you to be able to be like that, say these words to yourself. I can't out supplement my lifestyle. That's it. I cannot out supplement my lifestyle. If I have a lifestyle of high stress, I have a lifestyle of overeating, over drinking, not sleeping, no matter how many supplements I take, I can't outrun my life. And so here's where, in the, when it comes to nutrition, I need to pick my battles, right? Break up with the dieting and start to like take a look at, you know, what works for me. And instead of trying to do it all, like I've laid out so many things for you here. You're probably going to need to re-listen to this a couple of times, but I want you to just put it, like, be honest with yourself. Like, what can I handle, all right? And I always give people one to three things, one to three things. What can I handle? What feels challenging but doable for me right now? What feels it? What feels like, oh, gosh, that's just too much. Put it off to the side until we figure out what feels challenging but doable so that we can start to strike this nutritional balance. We can start to strike this um, workout balance so that we don't no longer feel like we are always in that do mode. Um Recently, um, Oprah wrote a book about uh, being happy and her and her co-author were being interviewed. And she said, this, and she said, you know, when I ask people what makes them happy, 
a lot of people like pause. And she said she invited the author over for dinner before they started writing the book. And he asked her, Oprah, you know, what makes you happy? And she was like, that was just like a hard question. You know, she's like, I've been interviewed a million times. I've been the interviewer a million times. And that was one of the hardest questions I had. And I remember this is probably like 10 years ago when I first started getting serious about my business. At the time I was working with a, a, a new business mentor and she said to me, she's like, okay, Kim, you know, what would a successful business look like for you? And I started to just rattle off the, like the pat answers like, oh, you know, I would have amazing clients and I would have revenue coming in. And, you know, and she's like, okay, she's like, okay, get off the brochure. What does it personally mean for you to have a successful business? And that was like, wow, like I hadn't really thought about it because I was so busy in the like, I must have a website. I must have clients. I must, I must, I must, where I wasn't thinking about what does it look like for me personally, like going deep inside and ask that question. And so when they said that to Oprah, Oprah had very, had very, similar response. She's like, if you would have asked her 20 years ago when she was in the thick of the Oprah show, she would have been like, you know, booking quality, quality guests. She's like, if I had like five minutes in my day, it had to be filled with doing. And she said, now fast forward 10 years, she said, now it's space. Space in her day makes her happy. So I want you to think about, does constantly thinking about, is this the right thing to be eating? Is this the right workout to be doing? Does that bring you joy? Does that make you happy? Because there's your answer right there, right? So that here's where we start to say, I'm going to pick my battles, review my commitments so that I can focus on what's going to bring me joy and know that maybe the first six months, three months might be a little challenging if we're starting to work on changing our nutrition. And I get it. I started July. Yeah. Uh, this July, I started really revamping my nutrition. And it's been the first revamp I've done in decades. And whew, it was hard because I just, I have become so automatic in what I do. And now it's like, I have to do a little bit more thinking. I have to be like very, I have to be more conscious of things I choose. Now, am I that person who is like, you know, I'm not eating bonbons and like drinking a, a gallon of wine every night, but I had to make different food choices that I, I don't know why I wasn't eating them, but I wasn't eating them and it's been a change. And so I'm going to challenge you to make some changes and it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel like so uncomfortable, but Here's where you look at yourself in the mirror and say, do I like what I see? All right. Because many of you listen to this, to this, you're as vain as I am. And for me, I want to look in the mirror and like what I see. I want to be able to go to the beach and feel comfortable and confident in a bathing suit. I want to be able to go on vacation and not be like, oh, wait, hang on. I got 20 pounds to lose before I can go on vacation or go to that reunion. Um that's, that's where I live. I want to look like if you ever were to meet me out in public to be like, oh, she looks like she walks her talk. That's, that's where I'm living. That's what I, that's what I'm looking for. And what are you looking for? You know, and have that hard conversation with you yourself, sit down for like five hot minutes, 10, 
maybe 30 and really noodle on like, what is it that you want? What are you working so hard for? Like, why do you keep coming back to your health? Why do you do it? You know, what's, what's your, what's your deal? And, you know, there's a great exercise that I take clients through and it's called start, stop, continue. And it's just look at your day, right? Like spend three days looking at your day and writing down all the things that you do in a day, like literally like, you know, every 15 minutes, set a timer, every 15 minutes, what, what are you doing? So that at the end of like a day, two days, three days, you can look and be like, what have I been doing? What I want to start doing, what I want to stop doing and what I want to continue doing. And it's very eye-opening because some of the things that I tell myself that I can stop doing, it's really to just help me reduce my mental load. And going back to what I talked about when it comes to our hormones, with progesterone getting crazy, I don't have the resilience anymore to deal with all the, like, I, th- I think someone said this, like 30,000 thoughts we do a day, right? And of those 30,000 thoughts, what percentage of them are about how you look? what you're eating, how you're working out, or how much is how much time is there? How much time do you want to spend on this? Right? Or do you just want to be like I want to get to a point where things just feel automatic. And I'll tell you that maybe they feel automatic now, but if things aren't changing in your body right now the way you want them to, it's time to revisit your actions. You know, it's kind of like um I want you to say like dri- like driving directions. I live, I live in Boston, right? And so we have Cape Cod, right? And it's a beautiful area. But to get to the Cape from Boston, like it's, uh, there's a ferry that takes you to the tip of, of uh, Cape Cod from Boston. And it's about eh, 45 minutes to an hour. And every, every time I've taken the ferry, you can literally see like, you know, Boston has that, that, that hook, uh, or Massachusetts has that hook out, right? So when you take the ferry, you can literally you follow the coastline, you see that hook across, and you're like, man, it would be so awesome if they built a bridge from you know Boston or somewhere all, all the way to uh, where the ferry drops you off. I'm like, that would be so awesome. That's like, and every time I say it, but I know it's not, they're not going to build this bridge, not at least in my lifetime. So then that's how so many of us get like, oh, it would be so awesome if I could just stop eating uh, off of my kid's plate, oh, it would be so awesome if I could just come home and not have a glass of wine. Well, is it an impossibility like that bridge from Boston to Provincetown? Or is it because you told yourself it was impossible, right? Where, what's your mindset about? Is your identity so fixed that you can't shift? You can't move this from there? And if I were to change that thought who would I be with that thought change? What is that thought keeping me from getting where I want to go? Because if I keep saying like, oh, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go there unless they build a bridge, you know, it's not worth it to go if they don't build a bridge. Well, they're not going to build a fucking bridge. So I either decide I'm going to take the ferry or I'm going to drive. Like those are my two choices and I have to live with that. So I want you to think about, are you trying to like live this impossible dream or are you able to deal with the choices that are in front of you? Can you make a decision and make it work? And that's, you know, where where I want to leave this podcast with you is that, you know, making a decision and making it work was one of the most, I, I went to a, uh, an event several years ago, and this is one of the first things I learned. And it just, oh, it 
just saved me so much heartache, <laughs> saved me so many like sleepless nights that I just was like, okay, here's the decision. Here's how I'm, here's how I'm going to make it work. And if you're someone who's like, I, I want to make a decision, but I don't know how to make it work. That's where you hire somebody, right? You hire someone who is that third party, that some person who could like look over your shoulder and be like, girl, right? You know, here's here's the trees, here's the forest, here's why you keep running into those damn, um, here's why you keep running into those uh, damn trees. And so with that said, you know, I'm, I'm hosting a, uh, a master, a mini masterclass um, in a, a couple of weeks. And it is all about how to master your menopause mayhem. And in that, in that three-day class, I'm going to break it all down about why you just can't rinse and repeat your diet, right? Why can't you just go back to an old diet that, that you use back in the day? You know, what does it take to build a sustainable routine that you can be consistent with and that you don't want to bail on when things get tough? And I'm going to give you, you know, what does it take to get some tools and knowledge about what does it take to deal with the hormonal changes that are going on before, during, and after menopause. I'll also have a bonus Q&A day for you to just come in and just ask me any question that you want. These are all going to be live trainings for you. And this is going to uh, kick off in a few weeks. So if you want to uh, be a part of this, do me a favor, go to the link in the um, show notes and you'll be able to uh, grab um, grab your seat because if you give me three days, we are going to take a deep dive into the secrets and nutrition lifestyle adjustments needed to be made over 40 that will give you the give you what you need to gracefully glide through the wilds of menopause and beyond. So I would love to see you uh, in that mini free mini course. Um, if, again, if you have any questions about me, about me, about menopause, please do me a favor, reach out to me. I always want to hear from you. This will help me to come up with other ideas for the show. Um, also help me to better guide this uh, free mini course. All right, ladies, enjoy the rest of your day and stay fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.